Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. There's hot popcorn and cool refreshments in the lobby, and please remember, be courteous to those around you. No talking during the movies. Welcome to another episode of No Talking During the Movies. I am your host, Stephen Austin. I am your co-host, Tank. Tank is annoyed at the amount of trailers they play before a film, whereas I'm just happy that they played the In the Heights trailer twice. (laughs) Based on a true story, by the way, I went and saw on May 4th, I went and saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, its 10-year anniversary. You're back at the movies. I went back to the movie theater. Thankfully, when I went there, I was like the one of three people in that theater, all very separated. They recommended that you wear the mask the entire time unless you're eating or drinking. I was pretty much sipping my soda the entire time, but I was still respectful and put on my mask if I needed to. Um, But the experience was great, but I also don't think they've sold enough preview time and they literally did play the in the heights trailer twice not in a row but it was enough for me to be like "Mm, there it is at the beginning and then they played it again i was like well it's a good thing i like this trailer well and i don't want to i don't want to retcon your intro but um actually uh trailers you do love it yeah Uh, it's my favorite of a movie Uh, especially when you go see a new movie Uh uh-huh and then like they you know they give you something that's coming up like way in the future. I mean, I love that. Uh, I I miss that about the movies. Here's and here's here's something that sucks so much balls right. is that, um, you know, we've been in this pandemic for the last eighteen right. months or whatever, just stuck not being able to go to the movies. I got a baby due in the next two weeks, so mm. my, my movie going days uh, are are pretty much behind me. And uh, honestly, like, uh, I haven't seen anything in the theater, and and you know. The last thing I saw, so probably the last movie I'm going to see for the foreseeable future of the theaters is Onward. Well, no, like, why don't we make it like, a, like, like almost like a work excuse? Like, oh, I'm sorry, got to go see Top Gun for the podcast. So you've you've met my wife, right? Because <laughs> uh, hey, my <laughs> my wife, much like Harry Connick Jr. on a hip hop station, does not play that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, she didn't wake you up for your newbie brother's engagement last week, so. She did last night, though. She did last night? She woke you up? She woke me up. She said, it's 8.05, do you need to be up for your thing? And I was like, huh? Yeah. So. That was so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, speaking of previews, damn, do we have a lot today. There's a lot going on, man. There's a lot. We're going to see some stuff, I think. I, I agree. I, th- I think the movie-going experience is looking bright. And I'm going to be honest, just about every single one of these trailers that I have on here all would be stuff I would, like, pay to go see. Even even some that I thought I was not going to be interested in in the slightest. You know what I mean? Like, I Yeah, I'm like Dennis on Trident, man. Four to five. And I'm, I'm four to cool. five? There's something on here you don't like? Yeah, I don't care about Last Night in Soho. Oh... Well, let's Look, start talking I, about that. Let's talk about that okay, first. All right. Last night in Soho, Edgar Wright, my See, favorite that's director. Why, that's why you care so much because it's Edgar Wright. He's doing a horror film. He's yeah. doing a horror film, and it's time travel. Like, come on. I like. I do like Edgar Wright. I'm not. Uh, You're not, not a horror a guy, boy. Like you, but I'm a big I, fan. Boy. And I'm definitely not a horror. Or the horror genre itself, I think, it's just not for me. Right, uh, and this this just doesn't look like my kind of thing. It looks very stylish. Which oh is my a, god! 
which is an Edgar Wright, you know. There's a shot where, like, it's, like, the guy spinning the girl around, mm. like, and the camera passes them, and on the spin, she turns into the other girl. Like, she turns into the two main characters, and I'm just like... It's pretty stylish, yeah? It's so good! I just, oh, I love his style, and the fact that he's doing a horror movie I'm so interested in, and I am absolutely a fanboy. I'll actually tell you, too, I did make a tweet about how, like, I got to go see Scott Pilgrim in theaters, and, you know, for that to be my return to the movie theaters, I was so happy. It was, like, this movie, my favorite movie, blah, 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 blah. He liked the tweet. Oh, wow. <sighs> Look at that. You're, like, two for two on Edgar Wright tweets. Oh, actually, three, I think. Oh, Four? my God. Four? What? You guys are, like, you're best friends with Edgar Wright, basically. He's he's, he's retweeted one of my tweets. That was my favorite. What? I, yeah, did I tell you that story? It was it was yeah. Baby Driver. I, I yeah. made my character in the game and the car look like Baby Driver, and I was like, for GTA. I said, ah, I'm excited for Baby Driver, and so is my character in GTA. And he retweeted it, and it got a lot of activity. And I'm just like, <laughs> I spent so much money on this <laughs> stupid car in this game for a retweet. <laughs> also, it is my favorite car in the game, so I got to say, like, it definitely worked out. Um, but I think it looks great. I think the plot of, like, fashion designer obsessed with this icon of the 60s and somehow she's basically reliving through that character's experiences and it's like the time travel aspect of of everything starts falling apart and fights back and it's creepy and it's crazy i don't know it just it looks crazy it looks you know, so my good thing is, here's my thing i'm a very meat and potatoes person right so i need so you don't like the green beans I I do green beans are okay, but uh, you know when you start bringing in jicama and capers is when I start having a problem. Um, when you start thinking, when you st- uh, to me, movies have to have some sort of relatability. Then, you know what I mean? Right. And I can't I can't get that with those. Now I do I will enjoy stuff that's like outside of the realm of and and some fantasy stuff, but typically like all of my stuff is like just straight down the middle. Uh, no sci-fi, no no horror, you know. Interesting. Uh, revenge, <laughs> you know. That's like pretty much my uh, my lane right there. All right, well, uh, but you still like stylistic stuff. I, I I look, and that's to say that's like my main lane. But I do so. Uh, you know, Walter Mitty is one of my favorite movies of all time. Super stylistic film. Yeah. Very stylistic. Great, very great. Uh, yeah. fantasy based. But at the end of the day. The movie isn't about the fantasy. The movie is about him having the fantasy. Totally right. So that's that's kind of like that's kind of why I think I I could still you more. know uh, my other favorite movies are uh, Django Unchained and sure. you know another stylistic uh, film and right very um, over the top at times, but like that's what makes it work is so well. And uh, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, oh, even though that's such a you know, departure from reality. Um, the thing that makes the movie so cool is its connection to reality of that era. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on last night in Soho because, uh, it's just not my style. Right. It's just not something that you're interested in. I totally get it. And if if it was on cable, I might check it out. You know what I'm saying? I might, I might get it. It is a horror film, even though you love, uh, 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 Jordan Peele. I don't, I don't imagine you watching us anytime soon. Yeah, I, I wanted to. I really did want to, but I just yeah. like, eh. 
That's that's been yeah. two years in the making. Me trying to get you to watch that movie. It's just one of those things. It's so hard to get motivated to watch something you're not really that interested in watching, totally and it's a shame it. because a, a lot of times you do watch those things. And you're like, and oh man, you're like, that was really great. I, I should yeah. watch that sooner. Um, well, speaking of like meat and potatoes and also stylistic, I wanted to talk about gunpowder milkshake. What did you think of this uh, trailer? All right, so my first thought was John Wick meets Sucker Punch. I also kind of thought a little bit of that, but like, so like, remember the movie Atomic Blonde? I did not see it. Okay, I will tell you the plot is very lacking, but the action is stellar like that's the best part of the movie is the action whereas john wick works because it's action and the plot like Mm -hmm. sells it and it's really great and there's a very simple um premise to everything you know what i mean yeah gunpowder milkshake i think looks closer to john wick but with a brighter style than atomic blonde or a sucker punch to me um it looks like John Wick, but with a um, like with a color palette swap. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's got a kind of a Suicide Squad aesthetic, almost. Almost, uh, yeah. But to me, it's not that it's like John Wick. It's that it feels like it's kind of ripping off John Wick. Mm-hmm. With the one of the scenes that you see in the trailer, she goes to the library. Right, right, right. Very and John the library, Wick. Yeah. The, you know, in the John totally Wick agree. universe, this underground where everything has a different meaning. So they, all these different books that she's requesting sure. are actually different types of guns. Which, but if it was in John Wick, I would think was cool as hell. Sure, but, but because this is so much like John Wick, it almost feels like a ripoff, which I totally like get. A, it feels like a ripoff. But I have heard the argument before. You know, I've heard, what was it? Whereas somebody's argument was like, why would we do Jane Wick? Why wouldn't we just make a new character and a new lore behind it? And I totally agree with that. And I think this is the closest thing we're getting right now. But again, well, there's well, so much inspired from John why do Wick. We need, why do we need Jane Wick? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, well, exactly. Because John Wick is, is already a thing. And Keanu says he'll do like a billion of these movies. And that's fine. But also I'm saying like if we want a female-led movie just like John Wick... We don't need it to be Jane Wick. We just need it to be its own character, its own thing. Um, so that's what I'm saying where I'm just like, I like the direction they're taking. And sure, there's going to be a lot of inspirations from John Wick. But at the same time, there seems to be a good amount of like humor and and like a very different story from what John Wick was uh, to a degree. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm interested. It's, it- it, 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 it all feels very John played Wick. out. It all not John Wick either. Uh, uh-huh. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they betrayed their oh sure uh, big hit. If you want to even go back even further, the big <laughs> right, hit, right, right. You know what I mean? Like there, it's just it's not original. Sure, a lot of things have it, done this. It feels like a pandery kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, I mean I don't know. I just yeah, I are, to, are you are I'm you saying that. sure? But I'm just saying, are you saying you wouldn't see it? Again, not not saying I would 100% rule it out mm-hmm. to see it, but um, it just to me it's like um, it just feels like a, a forced, uh, ham-fisted attempt at trying to like make some sort of statement by ripping off several other movies' plots and Maybe. finer 
I mean, but, and, and, but again, like you said, like this plot has been going back at least for de- betraying the agency and whatever. Like yes. that's been going back forever. And like yeah, you could say everything's yeah. been doing that. That's this is not the first per- first sure. movie to do that. But I'm just saying, even even if all of that stuff really really bothered me, the visuals and the action of the movie alone would be the reason why I'd buy a ticket to well, see. Well, and, you know and there I mean? is like there does seem to be some like good funny moments like sure. in the trailer you know what i mean like right. there seems to you know it just it it all feels there, very forced there's this one shot towards the end of the trailer where it's them in a diner and it's like the waitresses are like shooting up people and like slamming See, people's heads and in, in, into milkshakes john it's such a john wick move though you but know again what like saying? the colors is what i'm talking about. like the style and the humor behind of a, a, a girl in like a rolly like a roller blades skirt 50s outfit in a 50s diner also wielding double magnums and like pulling people's faces into milk like that just seems like fun and it's something that like again i could i I don't go to see Fast and Furious because I care about Dom Toretto. I care because I want to see cars fly. You don't want to know what's going to happen give with a the family? Shit with the family. What? Never ever. I want to see if they're going to space. So I'm saying you know I will want to space. That's all that's left. And I'm happy that it's happening. I'm just saying I I'm watching you know, I'd watch Gunpowder Milkshake to have a good time. I'm not looking for Shakespeare with bullets. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Gunpowder Milk Shakespeare. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, I that's good. <laughs> Fast and Furious Ten, where they drag race on the moon. <laughs> and William Shakespeare is up there, like delivering a soliloquy <laughs> about family. Oh, for the muse of fire that should ascend the brightest heaven of invention, Dominic Toretto is <laughs> the is. fastest driver on the moon. Um, yeah, no, I, I get it and I get it and I'm not sure. like hating on it and, and I might watch it. I just, a lot I, of pe- I bet you a lot of people are going to love the movie, even if it's garbage. I, I think that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, we've gotten I nine mean, Fast and Furious movies. I mean, we've also got nine Star Wars movies so, and three of them were good. Hot take. <laughs> that was hot a take. hot take. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, uh, so, okay. I'll let you choose our next trailer we're talking about. We got uh, a lot. I think we should save Expendables to last. So, um, sure. Jungle Cruise. I mean, this is pretty cut and dry. It looks like yeah. a fun time. Uh, looks very- like, uh, uh, I think somebody said, uh, The Mummy meets Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that's literally exactly what it is. Yeah. So, and a little um, bit of Jumanji, but that's just because the rock's in it. Right, and because it's in a jungle. Um, sure. I love, uh, I love uh, the Emily actors Blunt. in it. Emily Blunt. I love Emily Blunt. I think she's, it looks like she's going to be fun. And yeah. and the, obviously The Rock is awesome. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you just want to turn your brain off for a little bit, I think you're going to have a great time with this movie. Do you think this will become another, uh, do you think this will ever be as popular or as well-received as the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were? Do you think this is the next Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy? I, I don't think so. I think that was well, I think that was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I think um, I do. I mean, well, realistically, the first one was just so well received because of Jack Sparrow, and then they literally made the next two movies off of Jack Sparrow. As much as I love were. The Rock and Emily Blunt, neither of them are Jack Sparrow. No, no absolutely. None of them, right. and, neither of them are Johnny Depp. 
and and you know as awesome as the rock is yeah. he doesn't have like his box office draw isn't that great you know what i mean like yeah. if, i mean like you know i bet if you looked at his his movie scores they're not super high like as far as like money goes i'm sure they make right. money or else they wouldn't keep passing him but um you know aside from movies like jumanji and the fast and furious movies you know i bet uh you know what was that one <laughs> skyscraper yeah yeah, yeah 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 skyscraper where he's die hard but he's uh missing was, a leg but it was, right? was limp hard because he was missing a leg <laughs> that that movie was literally just like it's die hard they they literally were like it's die hard <laughs> it was, i mean they didn't even try to hide it no the, i think even in the trailer they're like it's like die hard <laughs> Dude, I mean, still, like, still right now, uh, movies are still not making any money at the box office. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's really ready to go back, I think. But you know what? This is a golden time for me to go to the movies because uh, then nobody's going to be there. I like that. Yeah, that's that's something great about that. That's literally uh, the best way to watch a movie in a theater is if nobody else is there. Unless it's like a film. Like, so a, all like a funny film. All time, the movie Skyscraper made $68 million. But international, it made 236 That so, sounds about right. That movie so, definitely was an international hit. Which, by the way, is why our movies suck so much now. Because, because they focus so much on international rather than because, domestic. Right. Yeah, sure. exactly right. So uh, Skyscraper. Do you, you think, know, do you think Jungle Cruise is going to be that? No, because I feel, I feel I like Jungle, Jungle Cruise is going to be something. I I do I think it'll do great. I really do. Yeah. It's not, but again, just to just to say that it's not going to be Pirates of the um, Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, you're talking about that movie was a powerhouse. It really was. Um, yeah. I mean, that was like, and and the best part was like it was really unexpected, especially you know from I mean? Disney. Like, right. It was a creepy film, and I loved it. It was so good. But like Jack Sparrow was like that dude. Yeah, you know, like that movie made that movie made three hundred five million dollars domestically, and then internationally it went on to make another three hundred forty eight million. And that was what two thousand three. Three, I was yeah. gonna say five. No, it was two thousand three, and God. you know it's so funny because I don't know if they even knew what they when had. they had with with Jack Sparrow what they had because the movie well, I remember was, you. He was supposed to be a side character. Like, he, right. I think that he was even supposed to die off in the first one. I mean, but, like, somebody saw him was like, okay, there's something here. <laughs> they literally like, rewrote the movie around him. I mean, because nobody, nobody cared really about Will Turner or no. um, the other. Elizabeth the, Swan. You know, they just didn't care about no. it. So, I mean, it became very, it became, you know. So, like, that's a, that's a good pivot. And that's, you know, kind of where we might be headed with this. The reason I think Jungle Cruise will do okay domestically, yeah, is because it's such an American thing. The Jungle Cruise ride. Well, that was the other thing I was gonna say. Where it's like I think that as much as I I do agree that it's not going to be the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Boy, does it feel like it. I mean, you watched that trailer, and I was just like, this feels like a like a pirates movie, um, right? And, no, it doesn't, and it doesn't feel like, you know, on Stranger T Tides. It feels like, you know, Dead Man's Chest, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. It feels like a classic Pirates film. 
And it's not an accident that it feels like that. No, the they definitely made it that way. Uh, you know, they, they're looking for that fun, charismatic, you based, know. Based off of a ride. Uh, <laughs> but you have heard of me. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so I guess I owe Rock a bit of a, uh, an apology. Why? the movie San, San Andreas. Oh, God. That yeah, it made, a, made $155 million domestically. That upsets me. Because I hate it's disaster li- films. <laughs> oh, oh! I, I I think the only disaster film I ever liked was The Day After Tomorrow, but it's only because I oh, made fun of it. Steven, <laughs> name another I disaster love. movie that, that I should I like? love. That I should love, or that 20, that you. Twenty twelve is incredible. Nope. nope. Um, Armageddon. All right, Armageddon's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. I forgot come about Armageddon. Maybe I'm just thinking of the, the modern disaster movies. Any any time that I've seen a modern disaster movie, especially like 2012, I remember watching it. I was just like, I don't, I can't stand any of this. John Cusack? Oh, my God. Hey, buddy. I love John Cusack, but he couldn't save I, that movie for me. That movie was awesome. The limo ride? The limo <laughs> drive? I saw, I saw, you know what? I will give credit to the animators on that ride. I did see a breakdown of the CGI they used. Uh, for that whole thing and it was literally like oh yeah it took it took like 150 days just for the computers to process that shot of like the limo ride it was a great scene yeah <coughs> sorry and they had um Chiodel unpronounceable name in that movie he was great in that <laughs> Chiodel unpronounceable name. i mean like it was like dude i i look i love disaster flicks twister volcano um, oh my god greenland i haven't seen it yet but i want to geostorm uh the core dude you liked geostorm i i haven't seen it no i no greenland i haven't seen geostorm oh. no here's here's what i'm about to say on this i know some of those are legitimately bad but you enjoy so, them but sometimes i like bad movies That's fine. and and disaster movies are that we were, we are that vain just talking about fast and furious yeah, totally. So, but with that said, with that said, got the I out. don't feel like, yeah, I'm just, I did not actually, <laughs> uh, nice. um, I do not feel like 2012 falls into the pit of bad movie that's enjoyable to watch. I think it's a good movie. Maybe I got to rewatch it. I don't know, man. Like, I just, like the, the, because a lot of times what, so one of the things that makes Armageddon great, right, is yeah. that we're talking about the end of the world. We're talking about the devastation of the entire sure. human race, right? Right. But we don't care about that. What we care about is this one guy who's trying to just save his daughter. Right, at the right, end of right. the day, that's what he's doing, right? Sure. And I feel like that's the same thing that 2012 has with John Cusack and his journey. You know what I mean? Because like, there's several. This movie, the movie's like broken into several parts. Right. And you know what you get with the John Cusack portion of the film is him just trying to save his kids. Because what's happening to the Earth? It's unavoidable. There's nothing you can do. Right. A lot of these disaster movies, they try to do something to make it stop or to fix it. But in this movie, it's inevitable. All right. you can do <clears throat> is either try to find a way to save yourself or die. So. John Cusack is doing everything he can, everything within his power, and even beyond his power, to save his his family. And that's it. 
That's all. That's all that he cares about. And that's like I don't know. Again, we're talking about relatable stuff, and that's where it goes. And then the other part of it is uh, uh, Chiadel uh, can't say his name trying to convince you know these bureaucrats of like we need to do something about this, which is by the way a theme in almost every disaster movie. Very, where, the amount of times that it's somebody being like, we have exactly. Two right. years, and then they get new papers, and they're like, I mean 24 hours. Well, it's always – they always mess up the, the equation. Yeah, you know it's I mean? like we we had a number of. Uh, we have 132 days. I'm sorry. That's 132 minutes. Oh, you know what? I, I apologize. There is a disaster movie that I absolutely love, and it's but, The Simpsons film. <laughs> it's The Simpsons movie. <laughs> it, was a, it was a disaster. <laughs> That's a great movie. And they're like, you don't like worry, Twister? we've cleaned, uh, I, Twister is, it's okay. <laughs> I like, Volcano? I like, Volcano? To, Volcano, I can't because every time I look at Tommy Lee Jones, he's got that, <laughs> that unibrow, and the I guy, never take him seriously. The guy was walking through the subway carrying another dude, and then the, <laughs> the lava just ate him, and he, he gorilla pressed the guy onto the subway train. He didn't love that? Oh, it's so good. So anyways, they like, they put a barrier around Lake Springfield. And uh, they can't throw anything <laughs> in the thing. And then, and then instead of like the disaster movie where it's like we have you know two years, and then it's like oh we have twenty four hours. It's actually Homer who decides to dump an entire uh, silo of pig crap <laughs> in the lake, and it destroys Springfield. <laughs> Dude, I love that movie so much. You really got the, that one really got you. Huh? I love I love that movie. It's dumb. I I always say the joke. My favorite joke in that movie is when they're uh, like, oh, they're giving away free donuts and and, and uh, 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 Chief Wiggum is walking by and he's got donuts on the barrel of his gun <laughs> and he's eating the donuts and then the gun goes off and he pulls back and it shoots a hole through his hat and he just goes wow that was close and then he just starts eating the donuts again <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good they got some great Simpsons humor in that in that movie I'll say that, like some of the best Simpsons jokes are all in the Simpsons movie <laughs> or at least the type of humor that I love from the Simpsons I I suppose I don't know. I didn't hate the Simpsons movie I love it I, um, I love it I, it's so quotable for me I'm, you know what? And also, I don't want to come off like I'm like, I'm not this harsh movie person. No, I of like, course not. I like movies. You have a lot. been going on about the journey of John Cusack in 2012. I don't think anybody thinks you're a harsh movie person. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, however, you did say three out of the nine Star Wars movies are good. Well, to be fair, three out of the nine Star Wars movies are damn near perfect. And then there's, you know, a bunch of other then, ones. And then there's uh, the uh, truck full of things that uh, Homer Simpson dumped into Springfield. Lake. All right, all right. <laughs> and it rhymes with uh, Schmog and Smun. <laughs> That's an okay movie. Um, is it funny that we're 30 minutes into this episode and we've only said three of these trailers? That's ten minutes of trailer. I think that's a good pace. Oh, uh, it's so great. Except we've like barely talked about Jungle Cruise. I think no, we we'll talked more. About... We did four. We did four. What did we, we did do? Four. Jungle Cruise last night in Soho and Gunpowder Milkshake. That's three. It's <laughs> my bad. Which which one would you like to do next? Uh, let's do uh, Tomorrow War. Cause... Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Looks fun. It does look fun. Looks pretty I mean, standard. 
I mean, it does. It does seem like your standard kind of thing. And again, uh, futuristic kind of stuff like that. Not really my bag, but I like Chris Pratt. I feel like uh, they. I feel like they made fun of their own genre when the guy's like. How are you so calm throughout this? And he's like, it's a long story. And he's like, ex-military? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess it was a short story. I'm like, <laughs> wow, would you look at that? The plot of every action movie ever. I'm just a simple mechanic. But I also have 14, 14 service tours. Well, what was uh, what was the movie I, I tried to get my wife to watch the other day? Rambo Last Oh, no, Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Oh, okay. Did you watch? Uh, I haven't seen I, it yet. I didn't watch it yet because, oh, okay. like, because my wife doesn't want to watch it, so I got to find time to watch it. So uh, I, I've heard it's too long, which doesn't surprise me. It's Zack Snyder. Dave, Dave Batista is working at a diner. That's <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? It's like I normally during the day I cook up hash browns, but I'm a retired Navy SEAL. It's like what? That those two things don't. That doesn't. No. What is Zack Snyder trying to say about our how we treat our veterans in this country? I mean, look. We don't want to have to get political. Well, this, sure. We should, especially as we approach Memorial Day weekend, we should be treating our veterans. I, I completely agree. Oh, my God. I've said that for years. It's like that. Anyways, yeah, we shouldn't get political. Anyway, I agree. That, but... Dave Batista, regardless of how many tours he served, should not be working at a diner. Exactly. Um, but uh, Just to you know, face I, a zombie horde. I just, I feel like this, I feel like, uh, especially since it's going to be on Prime, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, and my wife's into it. I think she likes Chris Pratt. Can, so. can I tell you though, like that whole that was a two and a half minute trailer talking about some future war with aliens, and we didn't see the aliens until the last four seconds of the trailer. Is that good though? I mean, I kind of. Like I don't think that. that's a good thing. No. Well, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, like it's a bad thing for the movie overall. Because yeah. it probably means that the, they did a shitty job on the aliens. That's what I'm thinking. They looked dumb when I saw them in the trailer. I was like, oh, that's not scary. But um, I like the idea of trailers. I feel like trailers give away too much nowadays. Oh, sure. But I just mean an entire movie that's based around a war. I'd like to see the enemy at some point. Really? I, you don't want to wait? You don't want it to be revealed to you during the movie? No, like in the trailer, I'd like if they're like, "This is a war with aliens," and then the entire trailer is like showing them running from stuff. I don't, because <laughs> that seemed to be most of the trailer was just them like travel shot, travel shot, snowy travel shot, travel shot <laughs> in the rain, travel shot. <laughs> While they're like, "This is this war has been going on forever," and it's just travel shot, travel shot. <laughs> this war has been going on forever, but not as long as this 5K that we're doing to raise awareness <laughs> for the alien war. For the alien war. That's actually why they're draft. Can we? Uh, for the people who don't know the plot, it's literally like people from the future come use a time machine to come to the, our past and say, "In five years, there's going to be an unavoidable war with an alien species, and uh, we're drafting people to come to the future with us to fight the war." Which, by the way, seems a little ridiculous. A little. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't understand time travel. Let me clarify that, because I'm sure that there's more to it than I understand. But It's very confusing. If, if you can travel back in time, why don't you just set up something to, like, make the war easier at that point? You know what I mean? Why go back five years and not 30 years and start telling people, hey, focus on this alien war that's coming? 
Yeah, like maybe give them some of the tech that you you got from that point. Sure. Let them build on that. Develop, sure. You know, give it to some of the brightest minds. Let them work on. But no, they're you know. instead their idea is let's just get more people from the past and give them our same like modern day guns. That was the other thing. None of them looked like they had any future tech other than a wristband that lets them travel to the future. Yeah, I figure like if you've got time travel worked out, wouldn't you have other better stuff too? You know what I mean? Like, and also, and and this is the part of time travel I don't understand. If you're yanking people from, from the past, won't right. that eliminate them from the future? Or are they taking people that just get killed in the beginning? Maybe of the war, or is that people, actually... or people who die in the war at that point, so they're just like added back into the timeline. Well, it's thirty years later, so they a lot of those people wouldn't be born, or they'd be. Oh, know. that's a good point. Was but it thirty like, years? I've been saying five this whole time. Is it five? Oh, it might be five. If I I swear I heard them say five, and I was like, damn, the, they well, figured the out time travel in five years. Maybe the alien wars in five years. <laughs> Tony Stark's on their damn team. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's a lot. It's a lot. It I is. know that. Uh, and also, speaking of aliens, I heard via the Crazy People Network that, um, you know, like the QAnons and stuff like that, that sure. the aliens – are going to they're going to make a bigger alien announcement the government is on the 1st of June. Oh really? So so this movie might be a documentary. <laughs> oh cool. I'm excited. I'm and it does have Chris Pratt in it, so <laughs> I'm excited I'm so, I I'm excited to see uh meet our new alien overlords. It's that's, you know. That's a no, that's a bad time. No. No. You're going to you're going to have a bad time. Every every major elected official will all get up on TV and then they're all going to remove their mask and it's just going to be a lizard head. And we're going to be like, I knew it! Is, is, would any single one of us be surprised? <laughs> I, I don't think so at that point. We'd and, be like, oh. And to make it clear, we mean every elected I official. I said every elected official. Thank you very much. We're, we're not taking a single side on that. Nope. So. <laughs> um... Okay, so yeah, tomorrow war looks fun. Looks fine. Eat Wheaties. Yeah, uh, this is very different from everything we've talked about. This is uh, interesting. I think it's a Hulu original, right? I and so. um, I think so. And um, I watched the trailer and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Like, it's this guy gets obsessed. So like he went to he gets appointed like high to school. The, yeah, it's. I think. Yeah, I think it's uh, where he or college where he's part of the reunion team, right? And he gets on Facebook for the first. He didn't have Facebook this entire time, so he gets sure. on Facebook for the first time, and uh, he went to college with Elizabeth Banks, which they're making out to be Jennifer Aniston in this thing, like the biggest. That was star the, in the other world. thing. They, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I love and I do love Elizabeth. I Banks. do too. Twisted. I, I'm a fan of the. I'm a fan of her game show that she hosts. I like all the movies she's been in. Is she? Is uh, she coming she out? Is, is she? Is she? Is she gonna be in this movie? She's gonna be. She's got. She's got to. And here's I the agree. thing. And maybe that's the point, though. Maybe that because if they made it Meryl Streep, it would be too big. Sure. You know what I mean? So, um, but Elizabeth Banks. So he like starts messaging her, but he thinks it's her, but it's actually like her fan page. And oh, then he, right. and then he goes viral for it and. It becomes like this whole weird thing because, like, if you these days the internet is just ruining people's lives sure. nonstop. So that's what this is kind of about. So it looks interesting. It looks cringy, funny, and I'm I'm into it, and I'm I'm uh, pretty stoked to see it. I can't do a lot of awkward humor, 
Like it's, really? it's yeah, like Rachel is my least favorite to watch on Friends because it's always just her putting herself in just horrible situations. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's generational. You know what I mean? I think your generation doesn't like the awkward feelings, but we we love it. Yeah, I mean, like I like The Office, but there's plenty of times in that where I'm just like, ooh, I can't, I can't do it. That's yeah. most of The Office. <laughs> It's the it's Michael it's Michael Scott's entire existence, which is funny because he's my favorite character in that show. I man, I I'm a part of uh, several office groups on Facebook. Of course I just, you are. Everybody loves Michael Scott, and I'm like, this guy was one of the worst human beings. Yeah, ever. yeah. But so was like, oh. but so was like Jim and Pam. Like they're I mean, horrible people. They're not. They're not that bad. No, just because I, they're supposed to be considered like the straight man of the whole show doesn't mean that they're not like actively messing with people the entire time like pranks on dwight is one thing but they're like like all right jim and pam as a thing i can't believe we're talking about this now yeah we really taking a left turn here jim and pam as a thing whatever jim himself i love him but he's awful he's he's just awful well well explain yourself explain yourself tate kate tate 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 donovan i don't know i don't know I was, I was figuring out where you're going with that. No, what? I just mean like he he just did a lot of like crappy stuff on the show as a like, as what? A, what do you mean like what? He all right, like for one thing, like they even touched on it towards the later seasons that like Dwight could have been like on the spectrum, but the entire time he's like torturing Dwight. But nobody knows nobody knew what that meant back then. Well, sure, but you know what I mean? It's like regardless he's still being mean. He's he actively like he had a lot of like marital stuff going on too, like with like, Pam. Also, Dwight Dwight was a pain in the ass and that's why he got messed with. That is true. Dwight was a pain in the ass and a kiss ass. Spectrum or no, he got what he got. We okay. we end up we end up growing to love Dwight because we end that up is growing true. to Accept him for his flaws. Dwight Dwight is a lovable character by the end of the show, which is crazy to me. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he didn't do anything lasting. I will say, I will say, I think when people, I think when, I think honestly, when people do look back at the show, I think most people are like, I think all of them were kind of horrible people except like Stanley. Well, see, see, that's my thing too. Like with that, like I, the reason I liked Parks and Rec so much is because I thought Parks and Rec mm. was the office, but the people were better people. Not that is all true. people. Not you all of them. I mean? like, not Tom. Tom. Uh, Tom's probably the worst of them all. I think. I think Ron is like just like the gold standard of like, you know good yeah. people. You're right. Um. And of course, Leslie Nope is like one of the kind-heartedest people you've ever met in your life. She's literally just and, constantly trying to make people happy. But like, you know, I got no problem with Jim making a move on Pam. You know what I mean? Right. Like he, he's got no, he's got no. Now the fact that he kind of took it like a bitch when when Roy came at him, that's embarrassing. For but that's him. also like early season stuff. I mean, he also had like some on the rock stuff here and there. They did that whole thing where like Pam had like some thing going on with one of the like the boom mic guy or the camera guy or whatever what was that like and like yeah and they were teasing a lot of like stuff going on and i guess that was a plot point they were gonna get to and they're like no this might be a little too real and i'm like how much worse were you gonna make it going on i don't know man like but 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 jim didn't take part in any of that i i have no problem arguing that pam's what did jim do no like they they were implying that he was doing stuff that made like like 
Brian, the camera guy or whatever, like was comforting her, like that kind of stuff. She was upset because he was out of town. And he was doing stuff while out of town. No, that's what they were. It. That was no. the plot point. That was no, the plot I, point. They were they were trying. They were going to do, and then they did it. And I'm like, how much worth? Yes, they didn't do. I, I, we can't even talk about this. <laughs> I mean, that didn't even exist. You're like making like a plot. Well, I'm not saying that was the only reason. I'm not saying that was the only reason. If Pam, Pam would have supported him in his dreams, maybe. But yeah, Eat Wheaties looks uh, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna. Sh- I might check that out this weekend, actually. Oh, is it all out already? Yeah, I think it's on Hulu. I think oh, I saw sweet. it. Uh, Dude, I started watching that Modoc show. Oh, how is that? Uh, it's not for me. Martin really likes no? it though. My buddy, Mar- you know Martin. He lo- he's he's really enjoying it. I I watched like the first three episodes and I was like, I was like, how many more of of this is there? And I saw it was ten episodes and I was like, I can't do it. And they're an hour each episode. They're an hour each episode, and I feel like they shouldn't be an hour. That's a lot. That's a lot for, a, for like, that style yeah. show. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And I like Robot Chicken. That's what I've heard is, like, if you like Marvel and you like Robot Chicken, like, you're going to love this show. Yeah. The best. Honestly, the thing that I like the most about the show, John Hamm voices Iron Man. And he, like, shows up every now and oh, then. Yeah. And I love John Hamm, so, like, him awesome. being Iron Man's pretty cool. Um <laughs> But Patton Oswalt's great, but uh, yeah, I'm just not super into it personally. I'm sure a lot of people love it. But uh, Infinite, another one that uh, we were uh, going to talk about today uh, with uh, Marky Mark. Looks pretty good. Got those good vibrations. Yeah. Sorry. So one of the last movies I saw for Marky Mark was uh, Mile 22, which is a movie right. that's a grower, not a shower. Like, uh, first time I saw it. Didn't love it that much, but uh, kind of a couple other times on cable. And I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty decent movie. Um, this movie, also, by the way, how is Mark Wahlberg like 50, whatever, and just still. He looks great. Jesus, man. I'm like younger than him, and I am just a pile of garbage. I look like a sack full of <laughs> meat parts. It's just not good. Marky, anyway, but, when is Marky Mark and Paul Rudd going to do a movie together? <laughs> I would love to see that. I think that would be fun. It'd be fun to see them as brothers. You know what I mean? Brother, brother cops. Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not brother cops. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but uh, this movie looks pretty good. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm interested. It's got this uh kind of reincarnation theme kind of underlying. Yeah, it's supposed to be like he's lived basically since the beginning of time, and he like. In reincarn- reincarnation, he's like been this warrior through all of it, and I guess I I guess he lost his memory, and this is the life that they're trying to like remind him. Like the guy interrogating him, that scene was incredible. But the guy interrogating him right at the end was like, "Welcome back, old friend." And I'm like, "All right, so I guess these two knew each other throughout all this time, and just Mark right. and Mark forgot." And seems like it. There's a lot going on in the trailer, and honestly, I was going to say, like, this is another movie that I feel like you could probably just shut off your brain and love. Yeah. Or yeah, watch just... it with your brain on and love. Like, it could be, like, I honestly, like, it could be another, uh, uh, what was it, Boss Level? Remember how much fun oh, Boss was, Level was? That and that was a movie great. that is, like, you wanted to pay attention because, like, yeah, regardless it, of the it, action, it was just fun. The plot just ended up being so, so good and so rich. Right. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. It just, it could, it could be really good or it could be really, really, really bad. I don't feel like there's an in-between on this. 
Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, but you know what? On terms of action that I was looking at, it looked like it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I'm very much interested in it. All right, well, uh, the next one and the last one we got is Eternals, uh, the next Marvel film, the next big Marvel film. And uh, honestly, I, the trailer doesn't tell us much. Yeah, no, it's like real. And like, I don't know anything about the Eternals. I could tell you Eternals. very little. Uh, yeah. I could tell you basically they are ancient beings that have essentially lived almost forever. There are these one step above level of like godly beings called celestials. Like um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, we see a celestial in a video like destroy a planet with the power stone. Uh, the head nowhere, you know, the floating decapitated head in space that became like a, a civilization. That is a that is a decapitated head of a celestial. So they are like the biggest godly beings, and they created the Eternals, which are other you know lower level godly beings that i guess have helped guide earth in all of its years like not really interfering but help like like there's a shot where it shows them like creating water you know what i mean like they kind of shaped uh the earth and the eternals in general have like i'm trying to remember what they're called but they're essentially like like almost like the evil cousins of like the Eternals, like an, a, a bad group. And there's actually a character in the MCU who's a part of that group that we've already met. Who's a part of the bad group. Was it Ego? It was Thanos. Really? In fact, uh, Angelina Jolie's character, I believe, is actually like related to Thanos. In, wow. In the movie. Or uh, so so it's like it's very interesting where they're going with it. We don't know much about the plot. My my assumption of what it's going to be is at some point they, if not all of them, but some of them lost their memory. Very similar to this infinite thing with Mark Wahlberg, and they have lived through all this time, and they just believe they are human, and they just forgot of their powers. But all of them are very a, a diverse cast that have brought their own, you know, culture and influence to the world, and they've just lived through all of it. And their whole thing is they try not to interfere with human history too much, which is also probably how they're going to explain whether they lost their memory and they didn't really know that they could do anything about Thanos or that they just decided we still have to be impartial and above this kind of deal. But regardless, the 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 plot being so mystery, by the end of the trailer, I was like, I'm in. I'm so in, and I don't know why. I don't know anything about this movie, but I'm so interested. I, I was already in yeah, uh, just because it's Marvel. But uh, it definitely, what you're describing kind of gives me Hancock vibes. A little bit. A little bit of Hancock vibes, actually. Because yeah. They talked to, that's kind of like when they were describing – when she was in the scene where she was describing what they were to him, that right. sounds a lot like a what lot that like is. a lot like the Eternals. Sure, I I saw a thing that was um, kind of equating their magical outlines to looks like uh, lesser versions of the wizards' power lines. Oh, okay, sure. So, uh, like they like could have the brought foot. sorcery to humans. You know what I mean? Exactly. 
Yeah, that's I think that's one of the like working theories right now. But um, I mean, only thing the only thing that kind of scares me about this movie is that there's a lot of people in it. Right, uh, and I normally would be worried about that too. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy worked, and that was a large cast. Of course, this is bigger than Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and I personally don't think all of them are going to shine. Uh, so much. However, I I do think them coming together as a group at whatever point in the movie it, it'll happen. I I'm very excited to see how they're going to handle all that. Like even all of them just sitting around the table at the end of the tra- trailer, like eating. I was like, for some reason, I already love this scene, and I don't know anything about these characters. Well, and it, you know, it's funny because like during the Infinity War, like they just they just weren't there. They just didn't show up, and that's well, exactly like, what, yeah. They call, so I, a lot of people are calling them no shows. Well, I think that's the I think that's the like that's what we're going to learn in the movie is like why whether it be their code and they can't be they can't interfere too much. Like even 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 that scene where they're sitting around the table, they do the thing where it's like, so now that Cap and Tony, you know, and Iron Man aren't, you know, around anymore, like who's gonna lead the Avengers? And one of them's like I could, and then they all laugh because I think they're so above the Avengers too. You know what I mean? Like, I I just assumed that that was like some sort of nod to him actually being a leader of the Avengers later on at some point in the comics. Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Again, I don't know. Like, I didn't read the comics, and I'm just I'm so I'm I'm super far behind on it. But it, dude, look, I'm in. I'm in. So yeah, whatever you whatever you do, we'll just we'll figure it out when we get there. Well, that took us 50 minutes to get through all the trailers. <laughs> Sweet. Can we talk about the main thing I want to get to sure. uh, is the last two stories for sure. Um, uh, let's look at it. which ones did, what did I put. Oh, the – okay, yeah. Uh, real quick, just because we were still on Marvel, I just wanted to say Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to play Craven the Hunter, which I think is really cool. It's going to be like, you know, they're doing Venom, they're doing Morbius, and now they're doing Craven. They're literally making solo films based on Spider-Man villains – and this is the one I think is most likely that Spider-Man would actually be involved in because Craven the Hunter is literally like his plot is that he is hunting Spider-Man, like the oh. most dangerous game, but on drugs. <laughs> it's literally Spider-Man. So I don't think you could do that without Spider-Man's involvement. And if it's going to be Tom Holland, Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson was already Quicksilver in the MCU. So I think that would just more solidify that there is two Tom Holland universes. I I which is think, so crazy. Uh, I mean that's interesting. That's Have that's where s- I'm coming from. So is this going to be part of the universe with that that um, it's gonna Carnage? Be, it's going to be a part of Venom Carnage, which we didn't even talk about that trailer. I forgot that trailer wow. came out. Yeah, the second one came out. Looks good. Looks like they're trying to make it more of a comedy, more of a slapsticky. Looks fun. Yeah, it looks like the Venom stuff is going to be fun. Um, But yeah, it looks like it's going to be part of that universe. Morbius is part of that universe. The Jared Leto vampire film that everybody forgot about. That's going to be part of that universe. Um, Sony's just making a lot of effort for the villains for Spider-Man, which I think is interesting. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm 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 curious. curious. Like, like... The there is a plot line in a, a Craven the Hunter comic book where he does hunt and kill Spider Man, and then he realizes he made a huge mistake because now there is no Spider Man, so he becomes the next Spider Man. I don't think they're gonna do that plot line, but I just mean, no. regardless, his main plot is he is a hunter, 
He he mm-hmm. hunts wildlife, and he thinks the biggest challenge would be to take on something like Spider-Man. So, no, um, yeah, I, 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 I think they couldn't do a movie with, about him without that kind kinda of character. Like, kind of like Predator. Right. Like, sure. Like, maybe that's maybe he has to hunt Venom. And it's and it's Eddie Brock in in the movie, and he's the stand-in for Spider-Man. You know, that'd be fun to watch for sure. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. The other uh, story we need to get to is uh, this Deadpool rated R thing. Uh, Tim Miller, uh, who you know has worked on both Deadpool films and wrote it with Ryan Reynolds, he says Deadpool doesn't need an R rating to work. And his exact uh, quote was, "You can take an uh, you can take the R-rated parts out of it if you wanted to, and it would still be Deadpool if Ryan Reynolds was doing it." Um, do we agree with that statement? No, I no? mean, I mean, I was going to try to quantify it with something and do some sort of verbal acrobatics to get sure. around to the point that um, it's much more fun if if he gets to be himself. I agree. Like, so, like, okay. So, I agree that Disney and putting Deadpool in the MCU, I think he could work with PG-13. That's not to say I think he shines better if he has the R rating. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to have the freedom of gore and bad words and self-deprecating jokes because that's just the character. Um, and if you take a lot of that stuff out, it just will feel like he's just some crazy guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not nearly as funny. It's not nearly as funny. I don't think so either. It's they made a PG-13 as... version of Deadpool 2 for, like, a Christmas thing. Yeah. And I haven't seen it. And it's because it's like, why would I? You know what I mean? If the rated R is an option. I guess I guess really what I'm saying is like I will still see Deadpool if it's PG-13. I'm not gonna be happy about it. I'm not gonna be. And happy it's definitely about not PG-13. It's certainly not gonna be as good as if it were an R rated. No, I and agree. and we've seen that with you know a ton of different movies. Now, um, it just I I feel like it's it relies on that doesn't relies too strong of a word because it because it doesn't it need like it doesn't strong. need it. But, right, it's, but it benefits so much from it that it almost does. Here's the thing. Steak doesn't need seasoning when you cook it. It's true. But guess what? It's so much better if you use the right seasoning. Sure. So. And that's that's what I mean where it's like it's still a good film mm-hmm. if it doesn't have it. But why not make it a great film if you have Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And I think hearing an interview like this with Tim Miller almost makes me fearful that that's in the talks even though – I believe well, Kevin. I'm sure. I believe Kevin Feige said they would still try to keep Deadpool solo movies rated R, which I believe him that they're gonna try. Disney execs might not be happy with that, so, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the future of Deadpool, um, and you know how they're gonna use him, and if they're gonna let him shine the way he should. I I do agree that regardless of the rating. Deadpool at this point is Ryan Reynolds. Like you can't you can't do Deadpool without him being Ryan Reynolds at this point. No, that's I mean, yeah. He he just makes the characters absolutely so perfect on the screen. But um okay, so the other the other story you wanted to get to. Wow, it was almost like a teaser for all of your other hot takes <laughs> earlier today. JJ Abrams uh said uh the sequels would have been better if they had a plan from the beginning, which 
All, all I can say is, as somebody who really enjoys the sequels, I found a lot to love about each and every one of them. It's definitely, they do have their faults. But when I hear a story like J.J. Abrams says they would be better if they have a plan, all I can think is, well, no, duh. Like, I mean, that is everything. The, without question. You know, one of the reasons some of the best shows on TV are the best shows on TV is because they don't, they don't rely on being updated the next year, picked up for the next season. They've got a beginning and they've got an end, no matter right. what happens. You know what I mean? Right. So, so to say that is like the biggest, like, yeah, of, of course. Sure. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, no, I completely uh, agree. Um, we there was this discussion going around on the on the Star Wars TikTok community, where it was basically like, where do you start somebody on Star Wars? Because there's so many young people who are like, oh, you I saw... absolutely need to start on Episode One, which is ridiculous. I saw your uh, the girl that Marianne. Yes, Marianne. I'm yeah. sorry, I keep forgetting your name. I saw her TikTok where she was talking about um, you don't want like. Like chronologically, if you started, you'd start with Rogue One, correct? No, chronologically, if you were starting it, you would start with Episode One, which is oh, the Phantom course. Menace. Oh. Which, oh. yeah, sorry, it, it, like that's that's a lot of arguments for uh, a lot of young people, what? a lot of people my I... age, because they grew up with the prequels and they think the Star Wars story is about Anakin Skywalker when it's not. I've seen better acting. At the dollhouse down on uh, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> down on Phillips Highway because that was some really bad performances. Um, so, okay, here's why I'm going to disagree with you. I think the movies, all of them, are, or at the very least, should be following the Skywalker family. I agree. No, I agree with that. So. I mean, if it's about Anakin... No, 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 no. This is what I mean, though. Like, if it's focusing on the Skywalker family, then that works for all nine movies because in the sequel trilogies, it's about getting to Luke. And the second, you know, that's the first one, is about getting to Skywalker. And the second one, it's about what does it mean to be the name and the title Skywalker. And the third one, it's somebody at the end, becoming the next lineage of Skywalker. At that point, it's still all of nine movies are about it. When you start from the prequels and then you still make, because uh, in most people's minds when they go, Anakin Skywalker is the main character. He's the one to bring balance to the Force. They focus so heavily on that prophecy. And then in the original trilogies, it's like, well, he did throw Emperor Palpatine down an elevator shaft. So that means he did it. He brought balance to the fours, and it's Anakin Skywalker's journey in those six movies. And then the next three, Anakin Skywalker is barely mentioned, and he's not even involved. And that's where people get upset. And that's where a lot of people in my generation hate the sequels, just as people who grew up on the original trilogy hate the prequels, where it's like anything new that doesn't talk specifically about what I was interested in when it's Star Wars, mm -hmm. I'm going to hate it. So that's where my argument is. If you start in the middle, just like how George Lucas started, you get Luke Skywalker's journey. Then you go back to the prequels and you get the story of his father. And then you go to the sequels and you get the final stories related to these family members. And that's, that's where I think that's where it's important to start. And then that's where the plan all comes together, where it's like if they had the plan from the beginning with the sequels, 
and they knew exactly their beginning, middle, end. They knew they were going to get three movies. It's Disney, for God's sakes. I don't know why. Mm. Just like you said, like TV shows don't rely on that. They have a beginning, middle, end, and they don't concern themselves too much about getting picked up again. Well, right, because if you if 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 you don't have if you don't have the arc figured out by the time you get picked up, you're gonna be scrambling and you're gonna be and there's a lot of filler. You know right. what I mean? Another another reason streaming is so much better than network is because network's twenty two episodes, streaming's yeah. thirteen. Right. So you don't you don't have to fill as much. So that's I think that's like to me, when you talk about like I like I know I'm biased because I grew up on the original trilogy. You know what That's I mean? Like, everybody's biased. Uh, Return of the Jedi was my everything when I was seven years old. Sure. Because that's when it came out. And that's when I was, you know, uh, malleable biggest. as a kid. Sure. And the toys. The toys were my life. You know what I mean? Like, I loved their toys and stuff like that. So It was the right age. It was the right time. It was everything for you. Not only that, but also recency bias. Sure. And, and, and you know, when I watched those – when I watched – the C, the prequels. I'm sorry. When I watched the prequels, yeah. as a man, not as a kid. Yeah, because you were as a man. Yeah, I I wasn't taken with you know. I didn't feel like it did the originals justice. That's where people feel about the sequels, and where a lot of, especially people in my generation, where they like. They grew up on the story of Anakin Skywalker, and then that story was continued in the original trilogy if they watched it in that order. And then Anakin Skywalker isn't even mentioned, so they did not do Anakin Skywalker or the prophecy justice. And, and that's where they know, get so offended. The prophecy isn't even effing mentioned in the original trilogy. The, the, the again, right. You know, the one who would bring balance to the force. And and, none of that mattered. Palpatine yeah. didn't even have a name. He was just the emperor in in the right. original trilogy. It all feels very. Uh, oh, hey, this is uh, going to happen, so we need to fill out these. Uh, you know, we got to fill out these blanks, and that's what they did. But as, as unimpressed with the prequels I was, sure, I actively hated the sequels. I many people did. Yeah, I I liked Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was okay. It's all right. Uh, it doesn't feel I, like Star Wars to me. That's my issue well, with it. I think that's the I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with it. But um, I think if you rearrange the way you think about it, and and realize that it's not really Star Wars. Well, but that's the thing. Like I've heard so many people say, "No, you got to start on Rogue One and then watch the original trilogy." I'm like, why would you want somebody like if you've never seen Star Wars before? Why would you want somebody to get uh, attached to these characters that you're never gonna see again? Uh, also on a movie that doesn't feel anything like the rest of the movies. Like, that's my argument. And it's kind of an interesting thing, though, if you think about it, because, you know, every time we pick up a movie right, or a TV show, um, everything that happened before the event that makes the movie be a thing mm. is just people living their regular lives. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, when you think about Rogue before One the as, adventure. as the people who made the other movies possible right right but but they're not the people no you they're not I mean? the stars yeah they're just but again just like i don't catalyst of what happened i don't think anybody would want to start with that as my argument i don't i i think that you should start with the first one i agree I really, I, first one being a new hope one. No, no 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 you think you should start with the prequels 
I do. I do. Why? Um, because that's the way the story, even though the story doesn't have like, um, you know, canon linear movement. Uh huh. You you do have to like I think just from a timeline standpoint, like even though they're not the same movie, they're the same story. Sure, but how, all right. Well, then, but that's my issue. Where if people start with the prequels, then they are they are so indoctrinated and indoctrinated into this um, prophecy mentality, mm. they get spoiled at the end about Luke and Leia being not only siblings but also the children of Darth Vader, which is the that, biggest reveals of movie history. That's a that's a really really good point that's that's where i'm coming from where it's like the original trilogies like you oh. said is perfect uh, like all three of those movies are perfect in their own right but it's like they are because they build off each other but if it's like you already have things that are in reference and almost spoil things in those movies that are such major plot points i don't think it i don't think it uh you get the same Attachment. Also, That's I would it. argue Darth Vader comes across as one of the most terrifying dudes of all time in the original trilogy. And if you went in, and I think this was a point that I made on our Star Wars episode that I did with Marianne. If you went and watched the prequels and had no idea, if you told, if you were introducing somebody to Star Wars and you watched the entire original trilogy and then you said, now we're going to watch the prequels, it's stuff that happened before all of this. And you didn't tell them the plot of any of these movies. You didn't tell them any sort of anything. You didn't give them any marketing nothing you didn't show them a trailer you watch phantom menace and then this little kid shows up and he says i'm anakin skywalker do you know how many people's minds would have been blown because it's like oh this nine-year-old kid grows up to be the most terrifying dictator in the galaxy i'm interested and i want to watch more i i mean honestly it's not like it's not like you know the world's greatest dictators were you know 12-year-old monsters. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. But you get more interested in the growth of how did this little guy who, like, so aspires to be a Jedi and and sees the magic and the wonder uh, of the universe and wants to just save all of the people that are enslaved on his planet, how does he, how does he become Darth Vader? If you don't know who Darth Vader is, you don't get that same interest, I I think. You know what? I I will give you all the credit in the world because you have completely swayed me on this. Because it's the diehard argument. Honestly, you know, because of how great those reveals were. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, there's something to be said for in a TV show when you know something that the main character doesn't know and then they find out. But when you didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father and you find out. Dude, that was a legitimate jaw-dropping moment. I would right. love to see what people like a reaction of people in that in the theaters. Oh, you know I would I mean? too. I, I would love that. When, and the fact when that it originally like, happened, and the fact that even like George Lucas had to put in that scene in Return of the Jedi because because he has said multiple times, and I agree with this: Star Wars is made for children. Like it, it is a it is a series loved by all, but at the end of the day, it is teaching plot points and lessons that are supposed to reach out to children. And when children watched Empire Strikes Back and they went, Darth Vader's bad, so he's lying. So they literally had to put in a scene in Return of the Jedi where Yoda is telling Luke, yeah, he's your your father. But Yoda can't lie, he's a good guy. So that's where I'm like, that, that impact alone means so much more to me than trying to introduce somebody to a movie that features Jar Jar Binks and pod racing. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. I'll watch three Jar Jar Binks before I watch that casino scene again. Oh, I love The Last Jedi, but that entire plot point could be... What a waste of time! Yeah. Uh, and DJ. Oh, I didn't like DJ either. That was uh, uh, Del Toro? Is that Del Toro? Who's in that? Del Toro? Yeah. Yeah. Again, completely useless. Captain yeah. Ben, Captain Phasma's death, completely waste. They wanted her to be another Boba Fett. And it only took 30-plus years for Boba Fett to finally become cool. Yeah. Ugh. But, yeah, so uh, that's what I – like, I agree with what Abrams says because it's so obvious where it's like, look, you're working with Disney. Ha- just plan out your three movies. Plan them out. Like, they told uh, uh, Daisy Ridley when they were hiring her. They're like, yeah, we don't know who you're. We don't know who Ray's lineage is yet. And they're like, she was like, yeah. At one point they were saying it could be Skywalker. At another point they said it could be Kenobi. Uh, John Ryan Johnson kind of ended on the nobody thing, and then they pulled that back because people weren't happy with it. And I'm just like, yeah, that was really terrible. Yeah, it's funny too. Uh, good friend Marianne brought her, brought her up a couple times. She was like, you will never make Star Wars fans happy. They ended with her being a Skywalker, so it could stay with the lineage, but also, like, for blood relations, she was Palpatine, so it's still, like, this soap opera in space about a family dynamic drama, which is great. However, even if these people who are like, I like the Ray Nobody thing better, you could have stuck it to Nobody, and then, you know, fans like you, Tank, would have been like, but then it's it has nothing to do with the families and, and I mean, but then it's just like it's upset. pointless. You yeah, know what I mean, like it's just like, all right, so just this nobody has all this power. You're telling me, you know what I mean? Like, it's sure, just, it's, force works no. in mysterious ways. That's like that's their plot point behind it, while also doing this. Everybody, anybody could be powerful. But I think then they tried to tease that with Finn. Finn's a nobody who suddenly had force powers at the end, even though they didn't tell us in the movie. They had to tease it. See, that's another thing that, to your point, here's what you do. Here's the here's the order you make people watch it in. Oh, no. You, you haven't watched the original three. Right. And then you don't tell them about the other six. <laughs> huh? I think that's the same hot take you did at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because, you know, metachlorides, metachlorines, whatever Metacl- those things Metachlorines. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that nonsense. There's, like, so much stuff that doesn't exist in the original universe that exists in the new universes and just all that. Hey, just... hey, you know what? I'm at least happy that uh, the sequels kept it to, like, a religion and not a science because that's what the prequels did. They said, oh, no, the Force is actually a bunch of, like, shit living in your bloodstream. Right. I hated but, that garbage. But, you know, also in the original three, the Force was something you had to work really hard to attain. Well, that's not true. That's not true. They, it's absolutely true. That is absolutely Yoda's whole point. Is like if you don't believe it, then it don't won't work for you. Like right. he easily lifts the. He easily lifts the X wing, and his whole argument about like you know he's too old is because he's already not believed it's something he can do, and that's why it takes so long for Luke just to even lift a rock. Um, but it's like if you believe in it, then that makes it easier to obtain the Force. And that's that's what they're trying to teach well, you in the why, movie. Why is somebody who doesn't even know it exists believe in it so vehemently? That's that what they try to do with the dyad thing, is that she has innate force abilities because of her 
connection with Ben, even in a comic. This is all additional shit, by the way, because, of course, Star Wars explains more stuff outside of the movies than it does in the movies, and that has been said for all of the movies. Did you know Luke Skywalker had a yellow lightsaber, and that's where he learned his yellow his lightsaber skills was because he had a yellow lightsaber in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true now. This is the stuff that I'm talking about, that they add all of this canon material that it's like, I feel like you're taking away more than you're adding at some points. But anyways, they Can basically just- said... Ray had this connection with Ben Solo basically since she was a child. And that essentially caused this innate force ability in her, which also makes it so easy for her to use the force because she knows she even has a line where she's like, I've always known that it's there. I've been afraid of it. And now that it's awake, I don't know what to do. And that's her whole plot in Last Jedi, which makes sense. But also they explain, oh, it's always been there because... Ben's always had that connection with her. It's it's force does crazy shit. That's exactly what they're trying to say. The force be tripping. The force be tripping. I just I couldn't I was trying to roll my I couldn't roll my eyes hard enough at what you were just saying about all this nonsense. All of it was true. Everything that I said was true in Star Wars canon. Can I just tell you, like, as a kid, right? When they had the blue lightsaber, the light blue that just looked like a you know it looked like your typical fluorescent bulb that you right. can see and then when he came back in jedi with the green with one the green. the green was sexy yeah you know what i'm saying the I green know. was people have asked me well you know what? let's end on a good note what is your favorite lightsaber color any color hey? that you could have, any color that you could have any color by the way like if you wanted a color for a lightsaber what would you want i want like a royal blue because like a royal, royal blue my favorite color Ooh, yeah, yeah so that'd we'll... be nice like I, a, I don't think like I've a, I don't think I've ever seen one either. Uh, like a royal blue lightsaber? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I mean, that exists. I know not, that not it's, in canon, uh, but I just mean like. Ah, yeah. there you go. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see what a royal blue color would look like. Yeah, I like I I uh I think you could actually get a lightsaber like that in um uh uh the Fallen Order game, where you're Cal Kestis. Oh. Yeah, I think you can have a darker blue lightsaber like that. Is that on Game Pass? Yes. Yes, it is. Check that out. You'll have to check it out. Um, and for me, I would do green. Uh, when I was growing up and I watched the original trilogy, I freaked when I saw Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. And then when I watched the prequels, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is still one of my favorite Jedi. And when I saw that he had a green lightsaber, I was like, I want a green lightsaber like him and Luke. Well, you know, I mean, what's cool is like all the different colors. Like the red one... I feel like the red one's pretty unmesswithable. What it's do you mean? So, like it's just, it's just so like, powerful. Looking. It's so badass looking. Yeah. yeah. But it's like it's just the bad guys like I you went green for me. Oh, never mind. That it's like yellow. What is that? We're going back to green. All right. Well. <laughs> but no, I agree. Uh that's what makes it so menacing and Red just works that way. Anyways, we've been talking a lot today. Do you have, uh, we're an hour and 15 minutes in. Do you have a quick recommendation for uh, the group? Uh, oh, my God. Um, uh, um, well, <laughs> I caught you so off guard. You caught me off guard. Uh, yeah. 2012. So, uh, honestly, yes. It's a good movie. I'll watch it again. I'll give it another. I'll give it another shot. Limo chase. That limo chase was awesome. I agree that it's a good shot. 
I'll get. I'll. I'll give 2012 yeah, a shot. You've sure. already said enough about it to make people go and watch it. Watch it from that perspective of a guy trying to save his family, not a guy trying to save the world. Sure. Or any of that. Just. Not like a geostorm and. Yeah, that was. I get it. Those were bad. The core was really bad. Oh man, awesome. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, mine, my recommendation is a TV show that I started watching. I'm still in a very big DC mood. I've been reading a lot of comics, and I actually was telling you about this the other day when you and me, uh, I think we went out to lunch, and I was telling you that um, I watched uh, Superman and Lois, which is uh, surprisingly a CW show, which I do not like CW and most everything that they do. But boy, I really enjoyed uh, the first five episodes because that was all that was available at the time. Uh, Superman and Lois, and it's basically the plot of, like, you know, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, after having two children, they, they move to, uh, uh, the children are, like, teenage boys, and they move to Smallville, uh, to take over, uh, the Kent farm, and it's a way for them to, like, become a family again, and there's this great family dynamic where, at the same time, he is being Superman, and he's, like, you know, going around the world and saving it, and as bad as CW's, CW's like, uh, CGI is for a lot of situations, surprisingly not that bad for the show. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. Mm. Um, and they explore all levels of Superman. You know, a lot of them are afraid to do the frost breath or laser eyes. He does, he does all of it, which is really great and really uh, fun. He's also a very good Superman, in my opinion, the actor who they got playing him. Um, but yeah, I'd absolutely recommend that if you like anything Superman. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great celebration of the character, and the fact that his sons are named Jonathan and Jordan, in reference to Jonathan, his father, his human father, and then Jor El, his his father on Krypton. I think that's just already enough for me to be like, this is gonna be fun. I, I'm interested to see how they're gonna uh, portray this. But I I wasn't interested, but you made me interested. Check it out. I, as much as I hate the the fact that the hour the episodes are an hour long because it's CW, um, the first one surprisingly flew by for me, especially just yeah, enjoying like a bird, yeah, like, like a plane, faster than a speeding bullet. Actually, uh, <laughs> it, it was just a big enjoyment for me to watch it, and I love Superman, so there could be biased there, but um, yeah, give it a give it a check. Uh, but that should do it for today's podcast. Tank, how are you feeling? Feeling great, buddy. Feeling good. Yeah. Nice, nice work. It was a long one today. Let's get it was out a of long here. one. You, you convinced me of a lot of stuff. So that's great. Uh, well, all right. Once again, I am your host, Stephen Austin. I'm your co-host, Tank, and despite my appearance, I am not a redneck. And we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>